Thank you for the uh, four people that cheered. That's very kind. <laughs> My mum's not even one of them. She's not even here. So um, it is great to see you. Just got to set a few things up. Hang on a minute. All right, so in this bit, uh, we, uh, the fleece is going to come off, I can tell. It's already slightly irritating, We're not, but the fans are blowing. Uh, we, just do a, we normally open up the Bible. This is my Bible. Um, and uh, there are lots of different kind of translations of the Bible because it's written in uh, other languages, predominantly two other languages, uh, uh, collected over a period of time, many, many authors, etc. But we believe, obviously, inspired by God. I have a, I have a Bible cover WWJD, what would Jesus do? Last week, the 1980s called, and they said, can we please have our Bible cover back? I said, no, you can't, because I really like it. Um, But no, honestly, I really don't. But it's really useful. Uh, But what we're going to do is we've been going through... I'm just going to flick through a couple of these. Is it up on the screen? Yeah, it's about to come up. We have been going through, and I forgot to bring one with me, but our culture... So our culture describes what we're like. So hopefully that will come up on the screen in a minute. Now, a number of us have got these culture journals. Uh, if you haven't got one, you'd like one. Some will be available at the back. Um, and they are, we are working through, as a whole church, a series of statements, I guess, really, that, that help to describe what we're like um, as a church, the kind of things we stand for, the kind of things we value. Um, and so that is available. And we are going through that on a Sunday. Now, the next slide... Oh, don't, don't worry. There you go, that one there. The grey are the ones we've done. The white are the yet to come. The red is today. Now, you would think we'd work sequentially through them. So would I have done, except for me, about three weeks ago, for some reason, I just started on totally the wrong topic. So Numa Church's family is done, and then a couple of people alerted me afterwards. You do realise we haven't done number five. Yes, I said. Yes, yeah, totally, I knew that. Uh, so we are just finishing off number five today. God has placed us to bring life where we are. So we have these series of statements, <laughs> uh, which I've just mucked up again, because it, st- it says number four at the top, not that one. Hang on a minute. Oh, that's because I moved them around. Hang on. That one. It, forget it says number four at the top. It doesn't. It says five. It's, it's the particular font I used. Um, so God has placed us to bring life where we are. Now, we sometimes stand and say these, but for now, uh, we, we won't. We'll move on. We are unapologetically passionate about loving Ashford and beyond. The word Trashford is utterly banned in this building. And we always say to people, if you don't like Ashford, got a really good idea. Move. Brilliant. There we go. That's that covered. Uh, 5B, we are relentlessly outward focused. And this is reflected in how we spend our time, energy and money. It was a former Archbishop of Canterbury of yesteryear who said the church is the only organisation that exists for the benefit of its non-members. 5C, we believe God has given us a mandate to expand his influence within family, community, online spaces and society. Probably going to lean into that one today. 5D, we believe that it's not about loving a place, but loving where you've been placed, recognising that this encompasses our neighbourhoods, workplaces, social spaces and more. And finally, we look to bring glory to God as we release design, innovation, creative solutions and beauty into the world. God has placed us to bring life where we are. So this is what we, what, how we define culture here. 
This is what we say. When people say, what do you mean by culture? There are lots of different definitions of culture, but just to help, this is what we say. It's the environment we curate. In other words, we're, we're intentional about the environment, and we don't just mean the physical um, environment, but we're intentional and very specific, and we try and fashion it, shape it, etc., to nurture the things we wish to see. If that doesn't make any sense to you, the answer is greenhouse. So for anyone who's a gardener, particularly if you've got a greenhouse, you will do specific things within that greenhouse. You are trying to create a, a different culture to what's outside, which is why you need the greenhouse, a different culture to what's outside, because you're trying to get certain things to grow. Yeah? It's that. Great. Well explained, Chris. Thank you. Uh, so this is what we're doing today. God has placed us to bring life where we are. And I unapologetically am going to go through a whole sea of uh, Bible verses. So this is from a book in the New Testament called Mark. So the New Testament is like Jesus onwards. The, book has got, the Bible's got 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. So the Bible we think of as a book, but it's more of a library, really. And so as you come into the New Testament, all the, all the books, um, the first four are telling stories of while Jesus was alive and a very tiny bit of book number five. But anyways, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And these are all from the book of Mark. So um, written by Mark. And the references on the screen are like Mark chapter one, verses 14, 45. Now, when the Bible was written, there were no chapters. They, it wasn't written in chapters. Someone didn't say Next chapter, chapter two, no one did that. These were added in afterwards to basically help you find your place. Um, So we're going to look at a few of these. So if you have your Bible, you're welcome to turn. I haven't put it up on the screen. So if you like, you can just go into Jack and Ori for a minute and just like listen, um, whatever you want. So here's the first one, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And Jesus sent him away with a strong warning saying, listen, don't tell loads of people. You're going to make my life really hard because I'm going to have lots of crowds coming after me. My paraphrase, but that's basically what it says. And the man totally ignored him and went and told everyone. Um, And sure enough, Jesus had lots of crowds and it made it hard for him to get to places. But a man with leprosy came to him and begged him, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. Why was he indignant? Because the man put if in it. That's why Jesus was indignant. If I'm willing... Like, do you, do you not know my heart towards you at all, if I'm willing? And Jesus removed the if and said, I am willing. Be clean. I've got a video of, well, I've got a video of this. I've got, <laughs> clearly. I've got, <laughs> I whipped my phone out at the time. No, um, I've got a video of uh, like a, a re, what do you call it? A retelling of this story. And it's wonderful because Jesus says to this man, I am willing, and then Jesus leans forward and starts to unwrap all the, all the um, cloths that have been put round the, the leper, and, the, and, the, and then he joins in, and they both start doing it and realising his skin is completely clear, and Jesus ends up rolling around on the floor with this guy. They're, they're both just laughing and cheering, and like they're so thrilled. It's real, I love it. It's a great retelling of it. I've shown it here a couple of times before. Um, Next one we're going to look at is Mark chapter 2. 
A few days later, notice this, in the book of Mark, for anyone who's read Mark, or if you haven't, we'll give you some marks at the end. We've got some that we'll give you, if you would like one. Like this. What I love about the book of Mark is Mark is really good at trying to put everything in context. A few days later, later on, that evening, all these kinds of things. So it says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, it's just a place, don't worry, the people heard that he'd come home. They gathered in such large numbers, there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to, them, he said to the paralyzed man lowered through the roof, Son, your sins are forgiven. Like, mm, that's weird. We lowered him through because he's paralyzed. Um, now... Some teachers of the law, vicars, basically. Some, some stuck-up vicars, teachers of the law, were sitting there. Stuck-up theologians is probably better, more precise. Now, some stuck-up theologians were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? They were very British. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking. He knew. He looked at them and he knew what they were thinking. God revealed it to him. He knew what they were thinking. And he said, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, okay, let's do it the other way. I tell you, pick up your mat, walk. And the man picked up his mat and walked. Amazing. Just a few verses further on, and it's literally one verse I'm going to read, 3-1. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Another time, insert your own name here, went into Lidl, and there was a man with a shriveled hand there. Another time, insert your own name, went to his running club, and there was someone with a dodgy knee there. And so we can go on. Um, Mark chapter 4, 35 to 41 says this. Just got to find it. That day when evening came, love it. He said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Um, he's not talking about suddenly working for the enemy. He's talking about they had come over on a boat um, across a very large lake. And he's saying, let's go back to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus along. And just as he was in the boat... Um, There were other boats with them. A furious squall came up. That's like a storm. Um, And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, some of these disciples were fishermen. So they're used to storms. This must have been a pretty bad storm. Don't you care? We're going to die. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Enough! Be still! And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm, in brackets, and the disciples were freaked out. He said to the disciples, why are you still afraid? (laughs) Do you still have no faith? Mary Poppins, do you remember, sorry, it's nothing to remember, do you remember when um, Mary Poppins first comes down the banister? She sits on the banister and glides her way down. 
And at the bottom, she says to Michael, Michael, close your mouth. We are not a codfish. And I can imagine that the rest of the, the, rest of the disciples, when he says, quiet, be still, it goes quiet. They're all like that. That must have absolutely freaked them out. Um, next one. They went across the lake, so we've now arrived, to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs again. Did Jesus go to meet him? Or, I mean, there's no sense of any kind of Google Calendar appointment. It's more like Jesus was crossing over. He arrived at the other side, and there was this man. A little bit later on, 5.21 to 43... Still on that same page. One moment. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat, he's gone back now, to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Jesus is pricked up. That's what it needs to say in the Bible. Because he doesn't say, if you can help. He says, if you just come and lay your hands on her, I know she'll live. I've seen what you can do. I understand about the power of God. If you just come and put your hand on her, I know that she will live. So Jesus went with him. Now on their way, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman there who had been bleeding for 12 years, she'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She would have been a pariah. Women bleeding in those days, no one was allowed anywhere near them. So she probably hadn't even been hugged for 12 years. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples went, my paraphrase, uh, like you're in the middle of a mob? What do you mean who touched your clothes? You've got people touching you all over the place. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Who touched me? And Jesus kept looking around to see who'd done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him everything. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in wholeness. Go in completeness and be completely freed from your suffering. What goes on to say there, um, I'm just going to paraphrase it for the sake of time, is if you remember, Jesus was on his way to lay hands on Jairus' daughter so that she would be made completely well. And then this woman interrupts him. And so he deals with this woman like really kindly she gets completely healed he hears the story you can imagine Jairus is stood there going come on come on come on like that while they're waiting some servants from Jairus's house come they find Jairus and they say to him listen just tell Jesus to stand down it's too late your daughter's died I'm so sorry to have to tell you that your daughter has died don't bother the teacher anymore but overhearing what they said Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, just believe. He said, you've already released faith. You've already told me, come and lay hands, she'll live. It makes no odds to me if she's now dead. It doesn't make any difference. I'm still coming. And Jesus goes 
And there's a load of people weeping and weeping and wheeling. Uh, And he kicks them out of the house. He says, get this lot out. They start laughing at him because he says, she's not, she's not dead, she's just asleep. Like, no, we know what dead is. Ha, 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 who is this man? Um, so Jesus says, just kick them all out of the house a minute. And he goes in and he says, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. She gets up. And then Jesus, being as practical as ever, says, she's going to need something to eat. Come on. Yes, Jesus. So what we see is... God's plan, God's plan for all of us, we say here, is nothing missing, nothing broken. Completeness, wholeness. We call it God's plan A. So when in, some people here will know the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's not actually his prayer. He didn't need to pray it. He was modeling something. And in that, it says, um, Our Father who art, who lives, whatever, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want it to be down here like it is up there. That's what, we're, that's what we long to see. Is there sickness in heaven? No. In that case, we don't want it down here. Is there loneliness in heaven? No. In that case, we don't want it down here. And so the list could go on. Is there arthritis in heaven? No. In that case, it's not wanted down here either. So the thing is then, God has placed us to bring life where we are. So what does this look like? So as we've gone through these, this set of Bible verses that we had up there, what we've seen is Jesus going from place to place. Now, he did have a specific job to do, I grant you. But nevertheless, most of the people that Jesus ever came across, he came across. To the best of our knowledge, for the most part, Jesus didn't make appointments. He just turned up places. And he was incredibly interruptible. And he knew that he carried something that was able to bring change into situations. So that's Mark like 1 to 5. And then it does carry on. But in Mark chapter 6, which is the last one up there, it says this. And Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. The 12 who? The 12 disciples. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority. So what basically Jesus is saying is, this isn't entirely chronologically true, right? But essentially, first five chapters of Mark, I've just modeled to you what you need to do. Okay, chapter six, let's go, guys. Go out in twos, start doing the stuff. Uh, We don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, you'll find out as you go. But I haven't been through any classes. You'll find out as you go. I haven't done membership. Don't worry. You'll find as you go. Am I even a Christian? Ooh, theological minefield. Don't worry, Jesus says. Just go. I've given you authority. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. It says in Luke chapter 19, Jesus said that. So what he says to us now is... If you like, we're not, but if you like, we've had the first five chapters of Mark, and we are in chapter six. God is saying, get out there, go and do it. Ah, yeah, but you see, he was a son of God. Yeah, if you've said yes to Jesus, so are you. Ah, yeah, but (laughs) hang on, he was, was, was without sin. He didn't have anything contaminating. He didn't have any sin. 
yeah, well, apparently, if you come to God and you ask for forgiveness for your sins, you, it's like you have no sin. Yeah, but hang on a minute. He had the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's an awkward one as well, because so have we. So there is no difference. And Jesus said, um, have I got a slide for it? Yeah, yeah, I have. Look at me go. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So this is in John. So Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, another one of the books that tells of the life of Jesus. And coming up to near the end, he says, look, you've seen me. You've seen what I'm about. You've seen how I love. You've seen how I care. You've seen how I go after people. Now, what I want you to do is go and start a church and sit in the building every Sunday morning. Sorry, for people, I'm a bit sarcastic at times. For people who are brand new, I will put my hand up when I'm being sarcastic. It makes it more obvious. He didn't say that at all. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. The Anglicans, they have this idea at the end of a service where so often people are, there is a, a sending or a sense of sending. And they have this feel, the goal isn't to come to church, but to leave the church and change the world. The goal isn't to come to church. I know it's Tri Church Sunday. It's great to come, but this isn't it. This isn't it. This is just where we come back um, like... Uh, we've got, we just started in the last few years celebrating Thanksgiving in our house. And we're going to have a load of family and friends over for Thanksgiving. This is like the Thanksgiving. This is the equivalent. My life isn't made up of the celebration at the Thanksgiving meal. I, I live my life the rest of the time and then I come together to celebrate. And that's really what the, that's, that's what the Sundays are about. So the goal isn't to come to church, but to leave the church and go and change the world. This jar here, every one of those represents a miracle we've seen happen in the last about four weeks. I wonder where that jar would be if we all actually really, really believed that we have what Jesus says we have, can do what Jesus says we can do. So there is this sense when someone gets married, this is a bit traditional, but still often how it works, the dad will walk the bride down the aisle and kind of hand the bride over, either with tears or party poppers, depending on how she's been in the planning phase. And essentially, Paul Manwaring says that this is what's being said by the dad to his daughter, you have permission to reproduce our family wherever you go. That is what Jesus is saying to us. You, we don't only have permission to reproduce the family, we have a mandate, we have a responsibility to get out there and do it. And the good news is, you might say, listen, I'm just trying this church thing out. The great news is, I've seen people who aren't even sure whether they believe in God see miracles happen when they prayed for people. I've seen it happen. Haven't we, Herbs? A lot of times. So we're going to do a bit of that right now. We're going to stop 
we're just going to bring it to an abrupt screech, screech of a halt. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can have a look, quick look at the last slide. Why not? I prepared it. I mean, you might as well have a look at it. So this is a description of who we are um, here at Numa Church. We're a family on a mission who creates spaces for people to encounter God. Yes. Be equipped to bring life to the city and then experience the outworking of this in their day to day. It's like it's written into the DNA of who we are. We are a sent people. So what I'd love us to do is, is if you're able, I'd love us just to stand. Oh. I'm just going to get this out of the way because it's in my way for a minute. And we would love to just pray for some people. Is that okay? It's not, nothing weird happens. And, and if God starts doing some stuff, we will we'll explain uh, as it goes along. But the, we absolutely have seen, since this church has been going, it's difficult sometimes to define what a miracle is. I mean, I think even breathing is a miracle. But we're, we're talking what most people would see as being beyond normal. That's weird. That kind of thing. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds since we started. So some people say to us, isn't that coincidence? And we say, well, stick around because you'll see a load more coincidences. So first thing is we love to just keep it really simple and practical. If anyone would like prayer for anything, like they're just in a bad way or they would just love someone to pray for them and just ask to be filled with God's love... Would you like just to be brave and just come out to the front? Whoever you are, wherever you are, just come on out. There's going to be a few. I feel, like, I feel like God's given me a number in my head and we're not there yet. I might be wrong, of course. So do come on out. If you just feel like I'm in a bad way, I just need some prayer, then do come on out. Brilliant. Call. Cool. Still not up to the number I had in my head, but I might be wrong. But I'll just keep coming. We're not in any hurry. Look out, the fleece is off. <laughs> Brilliant. There's two more. There's one. Cool. And what, I'm go- what we're going to do... Is this is not like a, a, it's not a magic trick. I, 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 have no, I have no sleight of hand, I'm terrible at all that kind of thing. Like there is no trick. We just want to pray for people that in this moment they encounter God, that's all. Because he adores you. He adores everyone who's come out the front. He adores you wherever you stood. There's nothing you can ever do to disappoint him. Nothing. Nothing. So I'm, I'm going to pray, but can I just invite some people out to just come and pray with these people? These aren't specially trained people, honestly. It's just saying, it's just saying they're going to say basically kind of what I'm about to say, which is, Father God, will you please come and pour your love on these people? Whatever's going on in their life, 
they just feel they need another connection point with you, another infilling of your love. So you guys keep praying at the front. Now sometimes what God does, Herb, can I borrow you as well please? Sometimes what God does is he gives us, um, they're called, in the church, they're called words of knowledge. But basically we, you feel that God has given you something about a person because he wants to highlight that and heal that person. So this, is, this happens fairly frequently. Um, so I... I and I might have this totally wrong, and we don't care because we just try here, and if it goes wrong, it goes wrong, doesn't matter. But is there someone who's got some pain in like the outside of their hand? I don't know which hand. Is there someone who's got some pain like uh, somewhere along here? I love it. Someone's checking over there. I love that. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Let me just check. Um, is there anyone? I know it's a bit big and brave to have to just put your hand up. You don't have to come up the front. We can just pray for you wherever you are. No? Uh, you haven't got a microphone, so I'll say it. Um, the ankle as well. Do you know which ankle? It doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't know whether God had told you. If it's right ankle, I'm sorry. God's not, God's not going to do anything today. Uh, yeah, so if anyone's got any pain in their ankle, in fact, if you've just got pain, that's a really great place to start. <laughs> so we would love it. If you've got pain anywhere in your body... And you would love to see that pain go. If you don't want to see that pain go, that's all right. Just stand there. That's fine. That's all cool. But if you would love to say, do you know what? I'm going to take a punt and just see if it makes any difference. Then if you've got any pain in your body, can I ask you just to be brave and pop your hand up and someone will just come and pray with you. There's a hand there at the back. Hand there. Just put your hands up now. Someone will come round. Even insignificant pain or what you would consider insignificant. Oh, I've got a headache or... Yeah, anything. Um, just, just put your hand up. There we go. We've got some more hands. Kaz, Keep Kaz. going. There's a hand at the back as well. So if you could just go and find those people and just literally pray, God, come and remove the pain. The person may ask you what number your pain is at out of 10. That's not a Bible thing. That's a thing we do here because we love to know, oh, it was an eight and it's now only a four or, you know, whatever. So just keep praying for those people. Anyone else in pain, just put your hand up if you've got no one anywhere near you. No one's come to see you yet. No? Oh, that's someone outside waving their hand. That is not heaven invading. That is the kids upstairs. Don't panic. Um, This is a harder one sometimes for people to admit, but I feel that... um, I wonder if God is just saying about um, poor mental health, and particularly in the last, I feel that God's saying to me, two to three weeks. So is there someone here, or are there people here, who've been struggling with poor mental health in the last two to three weeks? There is no shame in this building, so you're, you're all good. No, everyone's tickety-boo. So poor mental health in the last two to three weeks, you've just been feeling a bit frazzled, a bit low. Yeah, brilliant. Can someone just gather around and pray here as well then, please? Is that all right? That's cool. We're in no hurry for a minute. Nothing's going to happen to you if you don't want it to happen to you. It's all good. But you can just stand there or sit there and just enjoy what's going on. Right, anyone who's had people pray for them that have been in pain, 
in all seriousness, you should have felt some sort of change. If you have, can you put your hand up? Yep. You've had something, something change? Good. Do you want to hang on a minute? Please. Let's go. You happy to talk about it? Okay, cool. Tell me how, what started. You were in pain before? Um, probably about eight before. And where was your pain? In my back and leg. Can you guys hear her answers? Say it a bit louder. Could you just turn me up just a slight bit, please, Paul? Okay. Let's start. What's your name? Kay. Kay. And you had pain where? In my back and my leg. Okay. And what level of pain did you have when, before we asked the people who were in pain? Eight. And what's your pain at now? Six. Good. So we've had some change. Right. So I'm going to pray for you now, and then we're going to see if that, that's going to increase and get better. Yeah? Just give me a hand. Uh, and those who are just standing around, you're allowed to participate as well. <laughs> so uh, if you're just standing there and you're like, what the heck's going on, and you want to play a part, why don't you just turn your intentions and your love and your prayers towards Kay? Thank you. We, we uh, are just going to gradually draw things to a close, but there's one thing. People are still praying. Please carry on. It's all good. We love it. But there's one thing we would love to give you the opportunity to do, and that is some people here, you may never have said yes to Jesus at all. And it's a little bit like a wedding in the sense of when you first marry someone, there's lots about them you don't know, but you just know you want to be with them. And so I would encourage you, if you've never said yes to Jesus in your life and that you want some kind of relationship and you want to get to know him better and you want to go after him, then can I just ask for a minute that if you can still stand, that would be amazing. If you could just stand for a second. And then we're just going to wrap up and finish. But... And just, we, just close our eyes a minute and we're going to pray. Father God, we thank you for your extravagant love for us. We thank you that we don't have to perform for you. We thank you that your enjoyment and delight is in us. Like you just love us and we can't always get that. That you're not a stick-wielding, nasty, malicious, unkind God. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.